congratulate us. This is officially our 100th episode. Hello, everyone. This is Alex. And this is M. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to. And do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer over on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic. Today we're discussing the first half of NBC's comedy action spy series, Chuck. Chuck follows the escapades of the title character after some of the nation's greatest spy secrets are embedded into his brain and he is subsequently used on top secret missions by the CIA and the NSA. So what was it about this tech genius turned international man of mystery that maybe that made audiences love Chuck so much? Stay tuned. everyone here's some details about chuck the series is classified as action comedy romance and drama although it is very much a a spy or maybe even a spy spoof as well it was created by josh schwartz and chris fadak it was released from september 24th 2007 through january 27th 2012 on the nbc network for a total of five seasons and 91 episodes the series stars zachary levi as charles irving bartowski aka chuck he's our protagonist he is a buy more employee um it's like a it's it's a fictional Best Buy and a member of the nerd herd. He is a genius slacker um, who kind of became a slacker after he was expelled from Stanford university on false charges. Um, Yvonne Strahovski stars as Sarah Walker born Sam. She is a CIA agent, Chuck's partner. Well, first Chuck's handler, then his partner, then later his wife. Uh, She later forms her own spy company with him. Adam Baldwin as John Casey. He is first colonel and then a major in the NSA. He later joins Sarah's spy company. Uh, Morgan Grimes as Joshua Gomez. Um, Excuse me, Joshua Gomez as Morgan Grimes. He is Chuck's best friend, uh, co-worker, and uh, later he is the manager of the Buy More. Sarah Lancaster as Dr. Eleanor Fay Bartowski Woodcomb, aka Ellie. She is Chuck's older sister, a UCLA alum, a doctor, and the wife of Dr. Devin Woodcomb. Ryan Partland plays Dr. Devin Woodcomb, aka Captain Awesome. He is Ellie's husband, Chuck's brother-in-law, and then later Chuck's alibi when he becomes the first person to discover Chuck's double life. Mark Christopher Lawrence as Michael Tucker, a.k.a. Big Mike. He's the original manager of the Burbank Bymore. Vic Shahey as Lester Patel. He is a member of the Nerd Herd who specializes in Apple products. And he is a member of the band Jeffster. Scott Krinsky as Jeffrey Barnes, a Nerd Herd member. Also a member of Jeffster and an alcoholic. Benita Friedrichsky as 
Diane Beckman. She is a Brigadier General in the U.S. Air Force. She is director of the NSA, and she works for the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Uh, Sarah, John, and Chuck report to her for Operation Bartowski. Um, some of our supporting characters are uh, Julia Ling as Annabella Melinda Wu, a.k.a. Anna. We see, her, we see her in seasons one through three. She's a martial artist, she's a nerd, her member, and she's Morgan's on-and-off-again girlfriend. Matt Bomber as Bryce Larkin. We see him in seasons one and two. He is Chuck's former Stanford roommate, a current CIA agent, and he's the one who sent Chuck the email that embedded all the secrets into his brain. Chevy Chase as Ted Rourke in season two. He's the founder and CEO of Rourke Instruments. Uh, Jordana Brewster as Dr. Jill Roberts in season two. She's Chuck's college girlfriend and a fulcrum agent. Uh, Scott Bakula as Stephen J. Bartowski. He is Chuck and Ellie's estranged father. He's a CIA agent and scientist. Linda Hamilton, yes, the Linda Hamilton from Terminator, as Mary Elizabeth Bartowski, Chuck and Ellie's long lost mother, also a CIA agent. And then we get some uh, really great. Um, Really big names also coming through to play recurring or supporting characters. Tony Todd as Langston Graham, Rachel Bilson as Lou Pallone, Nicole Ritchie as Heather Chandler, Kristen Crew as Hannah, Robin Givens as Jane Bentley, and the Timothy Dalton as Alexei Volkov. Let's get into the show because it was it it was it, it aired in the early two thousands and it definitely has Big early 2000s campy energy. <laughs> Big to the early 2000s energy. <laughs> so it's interesting. So Chuck is created by one of our favorites, definitely one of my favorites, um, Josh Schwartz and Chris Fadak. Josh Schwartz of, you know, Gossip Girl, OC, Heart of Dixie. Uh, oh my God, that show that, I don't like um, <laughs> uh, the Marvel one. <laughs> uh, Runaways, um, yeah, Runaways, yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely uh, in in one of my my favorite people's hands. And I think what actually makes Chuck interesting is like it's one of the few Josh Schwartz properties that he hasn't done with Stephanie Savage because usually Stephanie is like mm-hmm. his partner. And they're like, but like, this is him and somebody else. So like, it definitely has like a different feel going into it. But um, I think the best way that somebody described this show to me once was Chuck is basically what would happen if Seth Cohen was like a super spy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, which yeah basically so that's that's the show if you've seen the oc that's that's definitively the show so watching the pilot of chuck was interesting to me because there were times when i was laughing with it and times i was laughing at it but 100 yes. percent of the time i was entertained and that's all that really matters to me <laughs> <laughs> right i think i think i also think that's another great part about this show is that like you're you you definitely do laugh at it, but you're also laughing with it. Um, I would also say that, like, uh, it's... And I I think one of the things, like, one of the great things about this show is that, like, it's very self-aware. Like, it's aware, it's very self-aware about, about how, like, how goofy it is. And I think mm-hmm. that's definitely one of the great strengths of, of the series. 
So I knew the show was going to be goofy off rip. We meet Bryce, Matt Bomer's character, and he's in this room basically downloading all this top secret information. Why am I seeing images on the walls, pixelated in the walls of the room? <laughs> like, that's not real. And the room has literally nothing except a desk and a chair in the middle. It's like what a child would think super spies do instead of what spies actually do. Right. And, you know, you're so right. There is a very, like, childlike, like, comic book fantasy element to, like, all the, the moving parts of the world. That's so, that's very astute. Like, it's it's hilarious. It's, but I was like, okay, so I can settle in. I can relax. This is a show that's not going to get me, like, super tense. It's not going to get me riled up. It's not the Americans <laughs> where not. I have to, like, keep my eye on the screen for all of the subtext in the body language and in the glances between the characters. Like I, like, I can just sit back and enjoy this. And it really does feel like a kid's comic hero come to life because chuck is your every man he is a very ordinary guy yes he's smarter than average but he doesn't have more money he doesn't have more looks than the average um in fact he's living with his sister and his brother-in-law um he hasn't had a girlfriend since his college girlfriend jill um he's not socially awkward in the way that it's super creepy but it is awkward in the way that it hinders him from having like romantic relationships um his he you know he's he's very much in the role of i try to be a good brother i try to be a good best friend i try to be a decent employee and doesn't really have any plans for his future he's just living life one day at a time he's certainly not what we have seen in spies when we think of people like james bond or even a philip jennings like his life is not that interesting <laughs> right he's he's definitely somebody like you said so we we the pilot starts out with with bryce with this character bryce larkin matt bomer <laughs> a very very young matt bomer um, send uh downloading this super spy thing called the intersect, and then the intersect is then sent to Chuck, and he downloads Zachary Levy, and uh, Chuck downloads all of it into his brain, and that's when his life changes. But before that, he's he's definitely somebody who like is just you know stuck. Like he's been expelled from Stanford. He's living with his sister. He works at Best Buy. I mean, Buy More. And <laughs> we know what it is. <laughs> we know what Best it is. Best Buy didn't want to promote themselves on the show. So we had to call it Buy More. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, and he hangs out with his best friend. Um, what's his best friend's name again? Morgan. Huh? Morgan. Yes, Morgan. I can only remember the actor's name. The actor's name is, like, his last name is Gomez. And I wanted to call him Gomez. And I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and he's just kind of, and like you said, he's just kind of, you know, stuck trying to figure out what to do next. And, like, I guess what we all are doing and are trying to find, you know, your purpose. And that's really relatable. I you know, that's something that I think a lot of people can empathize and relate to. Um, but then, like we said, he he 
his friend Bryce, his ex friend. <laughs> there is a le- we'll we'll get back to Bryce later. There's a legend around Bryce, um, right. but uh, he he downloads this thing called this super awesome government program into his brain called the intersect and thus Chuck's life changes forever. Uh, Now a bunch of weird things start happening and um, lots of goofy sort of get smart spy related things start happening. And his whole life is turned upside down because he realizes he is the key to uh, helping the NSA and the CIA like fight international crime. Right, right. So um even the way that this initially happens is like super campy and super fun. So Bryce gets all this information and then he sends the email to Chuck. Cuz for some reason he had Chuck's email saved after all these years that they haven't seen each other, haven't spoken to each other. Okay. So Chuck gets the email, which literally anyone could have opened that email who wasn't Chuck. But Chuck opens the email and the stuff is down, being downloaded into his wind, and we see his eyes flickering, um, kind of like with rapid eye movement, except his eyes are open, and he cannot move, and he doesn't move until the download stops and his alarm goes off, and he just collapses. So I thought that the way that was done was like super fun and super campy. Um, and Chuck doesn't even realize what has happened to him. Um, so the way that Intersect works is he has all these spy secrets, but it takes specific situations, situations where the information would be relevant in order to trigger his memory that he has this information. A.K.A. a flash. Yes. <laughs> and the NSA and the CIA are kind of like at first fighting to see who can get to him first because right. they want to use him. Mm-hmm. And they also need to know how much he knows since Bryce is now considered to be a traitor. Right, which... He is in the end, isn't he? Or no, he was like a double agent or something. Yeah, he was like, he was doing that double agent stuff, but like ultimately he did not betray the country, just looked like he did for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a long minute. <laughs> but he was able to clear his name before he like died for real. Because in the beginning of the, the series, they think that he has died. They think right. that Bryce is dead and they don't know what's become of him. Uh, so the first season is 13 episodes, you know, tentative. You got to figure out what we're working with. We got to figure out if anybody actually likes this show. Um, <laughs> and so after this happens to Chuck, and they know where Bryce sent those emails. Sarah meets him first at work and she's flirting with him and she's mad aggressively flirting with him and asks him out. And they go out on a date, which is the first date he's been on since his relationship with Joe back in college ended. And the NSA has sent their people to like, you know, uh, to to get the jump on him and when he finds out the truth about what's going on he realizes like you guys need me more than i need you so i'm just gonna go keep living my life um as best as i can while holding on to the secret so then chuck and sarah and casey because sarah is cia and casey is nsa uh Mm -hmm. they all you know have a joint task force you know and you know basically they become like the scooby team and (laughs) There, and every episode is about them, you know, taking down a different sort of operative around the world for, you know, our settler colonial imperialist state. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens. Um, 
And all of the episodes are really cool because even the way they're titled is very much like comic book fantasy. Chuck versus whatever. Right. <laughs> um, honestly, I really love the first season because like I said, it was very low stress. It was very good vibes. It was very amusing. It was very funny. Um, and, you know, the, the characters take it seriously, but the writers don't take it too seriously. So you feel comfortable um, with the show. You feel like the show is is self-aware enough to kind of make fun of itself a little bit and that's always fun um i really think this first season hit it out of the park i was surprised that the show lasted as long as it did because i could see myself getting tired of this scenario pretty quickly and watch something else <laughs> but yeah. it's got a huge fan base yeah so this show like i mean people really love this show and like you sh- you should be surprised it was on because it was on nbc <laughs> Mm, yeah and we know nbc loves to cancel shows but they but they always stick with comedies and i guess like this is comedic enough that they like got it it's like the and that's true but it's really the interesting shows that nbc like never always axes really quickly but like anything that's comedic nbc will like keep around so when we were talking about undercovers i mentioned chuck and in regards to undercovers seem to have like a tone problem in terms of how comedic they wanted the show to be in mm-hmm. easy breezy versus serious that I said that like Chuck absolutely understood tonally what it was trying to do. Yes. Agree. Um, and I bring it up again because I think it's interesting to compare the two. Um, and I, uh, and just, and it's interesting to compare the two in the sense of just like, yeah, man, you're, you're, t- you have to, I guess, really be firm on your, your, your tone. Poor undercovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Chuck definitely understood its tone right out the gate. It understood what it was supposed to be and and who the target audience was Mm -hmm. um i definitely feel like chuck was like a nerd bro fantasy a tech bro fantasy come to life um i mean i'm sure the show was also even really popular with incels even though chuck is not an incel and none of the characters on the show are um i definitely i could see this becoming really popular with him because again he's like the everyman he's not like super hot and he's not like super buff and he's not super rich and you know going to stanford is great getting expelled up from stanford not so great (laughs) right so um chuck is dealing with a lot and a lot of stuff that he's dealing with is just like the plight of being average right yeah and it's yeah. It makes him relatable, I think, to a lot of men watching the show because I think a lot of times when we have male protagonists on shows, they're either going through some trauma that is not going to be relatable to most people because it's such it's so much, or they're just like perfect in every way. They're suave, they're not awkward, they're built, they're buff, they're charismatic, they're charming. They're James Bond, essentially. Right. So yeah, we come and we meet Chuck and we meet Sarah, who, like we said, is an agent, and Casey, who is an agent. Sarah being like, you know, the quintessential, I think, Bond girl type, Charlie's Angel type, type, type. Um, and Casey being the sort of, I think, more traditional, rugged, like, only speaks in grunt, grunt type yeah, agent. Yeah, he's definitely every military stereotype. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? <laughs> um, but I think what the parts of the show that really make it shine are the beyond Chuck himself are like these side characters and how they interact with, with the world and how Chuck interacts with them. And that's, that's Morgan. That's all the employees and like big Mike and, um, uh, his like little, I don't, they're not, they're not Cheech and Chong, but they might as well be. Um, yeah. Uh, his, his little, his other little like, goofy employee friends um at the the buy more also i just want to say they get the they get like retail culture so correct on this show yes like like, when you work at retail (laughs) it was really funny and it was so yes right like how like the managers always take it way too seriously (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you're just sort of trying to get through the day, but they're like, but you should love, like, if you don't want to fuck by more, then why are you here? It's like, uh, to get paid. Exactly. Exactly. We did, we did not come here because we just enjoy this environment so much. We came to get paid. Um, but season one, basically, the whole thing is Chuck trying to hide his double life from his best friend, from his sister, from his brother-in-law, and he even gets a cover relationship. Now, from the moment he meets Sarah, it's very clear he's attracted to her, and she appears to be attracted to him as well. But he starts dating Lou in season one, and Lou's played by Rachel Bilson. She's a sandwich maker. I mean, she's beautiful, and she makes sandwiches. What more do you need? But, um, like... I feel like they would have been a really good match for each other because she really, she really likes Chuck as like Chuck as Chuck, not Chuck like, you know, super spy. But Sarah's already in the picture and I feel like that's why he can't really give his full attention to Lou. Right. I mean, he, even though like it's like this cover, the cover relationship between him and Sarah, the NSA, like the NSA mandates that they date for like her cover or whatever. And he, he's just, you know, he's very taken by her. Um, I do want to say that shout out to Yvonne. Uh, I can't say it's something Russian. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Stravosky, I think maybe shout out to her because she really does so much with this Sarah character, which is, which initially is very little. They don't, there's like very little (laughs) that they give this character. And um, I think she, the actress really does uh, more than, I mean, I think she, she does a lot with it. Um, At least until we meet like her dad and we get like a bit more about why Sarah is the way she is. Like Mm -hmm. why she's so like emotionally like shut down, which, uh, is interesting. Uh, so we eventually meet Sarah's dad played by the illustrious Gary Coleman. By the way, if you're somebody who just like really loves TV, like we love TV, like you love TV, you love actors. Like this Chuck is also like a show for you because they put lots of, cause a lot of the actors that come on are from like, are like really prominent people who were like from other shows. Like Chuck's dad is like the guy from quantum leap and um like we said linda hamilton shows up timothy dalton shows up um rachel bilson Tony Todd from final destination and candy 
Right, <laughs> like original Candyman. <laughs> so if you love pop culture, like this is the show for you because I think they do drop a lot of those actors in there to be like, haha, isn't it funny to see this person do this thing? Um, which it is. It's really fun and, and great. And there's something about the reuse of popular actors from other franchises that feels like seeing an old friend when you see them in a new place. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And Chuck uh, has that quality. And I think that's the, the quality that Chuck has for like a lot of these these characters and their actors. Anyway. So, so hold we- on. Wait a minute. Really quickly. Speaking of old friends. So before I watched Chuck, I saw the photos, like the posters, like the of, of, of the show for the different seasons, you know? Yeah. Why is it that when she's photographed, not on the show, but in all of like the, the print media advertising the show or promoting the show why does Yvonne Strahovski look so much like January Jones <laughs> you know I think that's just like a Hollywood loves the same type of like white woman thing it is halfway through first season we get this like Sarah episode but we meet her father we find out that her father is a con artist she grew up never really being able to find her sense of self or who she really even is because she was always playing these, she was always playing, she was always like doing these cons with her dad, therefore mm-hmm. having to like play all these different parts to, you know, get money, right? That's not a way for a kid to be, but it does make a very effective spy. We get why like she is so like tough, why she's really good at this work and why she it's kind of hard for her to i think own up to her own feelings about how she really feels about chuck and why that takes her so long is because she's just really used to sort of having to be guarded because of of her dad and and the way she grew up and in their relationship always being one where she had to sort of like please her dad in that way or else Big credit to this actress, because even when, like, Gary Coleman shows up, she, her whole demeanor changes Mm -hmm. (laughs) around him. Like, she gets really sort of, like, shy and kind of, like, in that, I think, like, little kid mode that that you get, you know, when you're around, like, a parent that, like, maybe wasn't the best parent towards you. You basically revert. Yeah, she like and she reverts and, and Yvonne Strasky does a great job and I never saw her in in anything after this and and I think that's a shame cuz yeah, uh, I would have I would be interested to see her do something else. Yeah, I agree with that. Do Listen. you have any favorite episodes from the first season of Chuck because I... a lot of these in the first season were kind of like one-offs. I mean, they were building towards something, but also like a lot of these were like standalone missions. Yeah, I do. I do have some favorite episodes. Um I like obviously the I really do like the pilot Chuck versus the Intersect. I like Chuck versus the Sizzling Shrimp. I like Chuck versus the imported hard salami, Chuck versus the nemesis, which is the episode where Bryce comes back, and then Chuck versus the Marlin. Okay, those are great ones. Um, For me, I would say Chuck versus the undercover lover was a good one. The Thanksgiving episode, Chuck versus the nemesis, I think you said that one already. Chuck versus the truth, which where we meet Lou for the first time. That's another one of my favorites. Oh, and Chuck versus the alma mater. <laughs> when Chuck goes back to the university that expelled him. 
Right, right. So season one of Chuck, good, bad, or basic? Okay. So I'm going to try to say this in a way that can like, okay. How do I say this? How do I say this? How do I say this? Well, okay. So it was basic as hell. Okay. In the in, in the in the in the cinematography and the way the fight scenes are choreographed, very basic. But that's what made it good. <laughs> and see, I was and okay, so it's interesting that you say that because I was gonna say I think it's good for what it's trying to be. Yes. Like okay. I think like it's not like it's not trying to be the Americans. It absolutely knows it's not trying to be Nikita. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like it's just trying to be this weird bro comedy with this like go- like this goofy comic booky spy element, and mm-hmm. that is uh and I think at that I think at what it is trying to do it succeeds. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, and FYI, if, if anyone, uh, any of our listeners have made it this far into the episode, um, congratulate us. This is officially our 100th episode. Hey, maybe we'll do something special for like our 101. But maybe because yeah. I know, like, yeah, like you're in TV, like your 100th episode is like a big deal. Yeah, it's when you get like, well, that's when you're pretty much guaranteed syndication, right? Yeah. We haven't gotten anything, but we should try to make something. <laughs> make it a big deal. Seriously. Make it happen, folks. Make it happen. But yeah, um, first season of Chuck I thought was really, really good. It it wasn't trying to be Nikita. It wasn't trying to be La Femme Nikita. It wasn't trying to be uh, the Americans. It wasn't trying to be James Bond. It was it was fun and light and airy and goofy and ridiculous, and it succeeded. So season two, season two of Chuck, they get a little bit more time to do what they need to do. I believe this season is how many episodes? It's, it's 22 it's episodes. 22, girl. That's a full season order on the network. Yeah, they, they got that bump that they needed really, really badly. So season two of Chuck, Chuck and Lou are no longer a thing. Like, that's done. Um, but we do get some more really great, like, television and film names that we haven't seen in a while. Melinda Clark. Ju- I was about to AKA say, Julie, Julie Cooper. Cooper. Nickel, bitch. Yes. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. The, he shows up. Ben Savage shows up. Nicole Richie shows up. Got, and she was kind of a big deal in, at that time as well. Uh, Jordana Brewster shows up as Joe Roberts, the ex-girlfriend, the Fast and Furious fans, you know, the vibes. There's this really, really, really great TV energy. In episode 11, we even see Reginald Val, Val Johnson, a.k.a. Carl Winslow from Family Matters. Right, right. Like, playing, this is like plays, a TV icon. <laughs> right, he's a giant, and he plays, like, Big Mike, like, cousin or brother or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just a lot of icons that a, a lot of us uh, millennials, older millennials, and like younger Gen X kind of grew up on these people. And so I, that's when I knew when I saw these people, I'm like, okay, they have money this season. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, they just, they, they come back to, they, like I said, they always drop in these really fun, these fun guest stars. Um so n- by now in season two, we sort of know that the intersect is like, and what 
Chuck can do and having the intersect is like a big sort of breakthrough in the field of science and intelligence. So there is a rival, like there's a rival evil agency called Fulcrum. And now, and so now the whole thing is making sure that Fulcrum does not thwart the the NSA or the CIA and that um, in fact that the CIA and the NSA thwart fulcrum and make sure that they never get their hands on chuck or the intersect why nobody knows it's not clear they're the they're just like the bad guys you know every every hero needs a villain uh, and vice versa yeah pretty much like they exist um we're not really sure what they're doing but we don't like it um right, and we don't so- like it Jill comes back into Chuck's life, and unbeknownst to him, Jill is a fulcrum agent. Yeah, so after this sort of really, after Chuck is sort of tormented uh, in in that, like, thinking that Sarah does not return his feelings, um, and also learning that Sarah and Bryce used to be a thing, he was not feeling that either, uh, he, and he decides to break up with Sarah, not that they were really dating, but they were having, like, I guess, a moment. Um, and when they are, get, are on their break, or whatever, Jill, who was his girlfriend at Sanford, comes back into his life, and they begin to see each other again. And yes, unbeknownst to him, J- Jill is, like, a fulcrum agent that uh, is there to, is there to, um, infiltrate Chuck and find him specifically and then give him up to uh, the Fulcrum agency. And that's what happens, except, you know, he has a, she has a crisis of conscience at the last minute and makes it, makes a way for him to be, to be rescued by Casey and Sarah Right, right. And that whole thing was just so much because, like, Chuck has real feelings for Jill and those feelings never went away. We actually saw this in the pilot of the first season where he's at a party and he's talking to all these girls and he can't stop talking about this relationship with her that ended years ago. Like, he never really got closure on Jill. So that left him wide open to kind of, like, be played, essentially. Right. And it, and it's hard and it's kind of sad because like he, you know, he's raw off of the, off of his, I think his feelings for Sarah and so, um, as well. So he's, he's in a really raw, raw emotional place and it was just, he was just definitely ripe for the picking in in that sense. Right. But ultimately, you know, like we said, they find a way to help Jill leave Fulcrum and, and, you know, she pretty much leaves the picture and it, we're, we're back on our regularly scheduled programming. This will they, won't they, all this energy, this tension between Sarah and Chuck. Right. That is, that is, it's a, that's a, that's a big driving force. Of... Cause she and her little childhood traumas is what's really holding this up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's real. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dispute it. Um, and I think in the so after after Jill is gone, then we 
uh, well, then what happens is that, so Chuck's sister, who he's very close to, who they have a great relationship, by the way. That's actually one of the, the brother-sister relationship between Ellie and Chuck is really nice in this show. Um, mm. But Ellie is getting married to uh i mean because i think when we meet them ellie they're they're just engaged they're not married yet so ellie's getting true blue married to her fiance and the and ellie more than anything would want wants wishes that her father could um walk her down the aisle well their father has like abandoned them they've they haven't they don't know where their dad is and they haven't they haven't found their dad and they don't know like what's going on with the dad and we, but the audience, so this, you know, this prompts Chuck to be like, I should track down my dad now that like I'm CIA adjacent. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Um, I have those resources, so I'm going to make use of them. And he does, and he finds his dad and it turns out (gasps) that his dad is code name, Orion, who was the architect of the Intersect, which is the computer program that is in that is now in Chuck's head, and his dad being Orion was a big part of why he had to abandon Chuck and uh, his sister Ellie. Right, and it also made him some serious enemies, including but not limited to Ted Rourke of Rourke Instruments. Yes, bum bum bum. Who shows up? <laughs> at Ellie's wedding in typical villain form. They can't wait till like it's a, a Tuesday. They got to show up for a major event. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to make an entrance, honey. You got to like really let the girls know that you're here. Like literally do whatever you want. Just don't ruin the cake, please. <laughs> uh, so, so Chuck does convince his dad to come back, but like, obviously there are issues. There are big daddy issues now that he knows the truth, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, but it's, but, you know, they, they, they are working, it, it's basically what takes us into the last part of, of season, season two, which is Chuck's dad is now on the run from Fulcrum, and, and not on the run, but they're trying to get him back from Fulcrum because Fulcrum captured him so that uh, he could design them like their own intersect. This is one of the issues that I have, not with this show specifically, but with spy shows in general. I'm sorry, but I don't think I will ever love a country more than I love my kids. <laughs> Y'all got me messed up. Like, really, I'm not leaving. I'm not going undercover. Um... I'm not hiding out until things cool off. Like you're, you're asking a lot from people, but all in the name of patriotism, I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, and so this, so the season ends with like basically the wedding. One of the better parts of this show is like this dynamic between uh all the characters and um Lester and Jeff, who I said are the sort of Cheech and Chong characters, they really do have, like, these really great, really funny bits. And one of them is, like, this wedding performance of, like, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, oh my God. Oh my God, Mr. Roboto. 
Listen, I mean, that's kind of a bop. I wouldn't have expected it at a wedding, but okay. <laughs> it's great because they're playing it for like the ceremony. <laughs> a mess. But listen, I love Chuck and Ellie's relationship. I think they're really a really good relationship. And that actress who plays Ellie, Sarah Lancaster, the the first and last time I saw her prior to this was playing a character also named Sarah on Everwood. And she always gave me like big maternal energy, which she brings to this character because she's kind of like a stand-in mom for Chuck. She does a lot of mothering things for him because their mom peaced out a long time ago and their dad bailed. And it's really just the two of them versus the world. And the wedding gets rained out because Jeff and Lester like set off fireworks inside of the church. Again, like it was written by a child, but in the very best way. In the best way. (laughs) Um, Because their characters are like really silly and dumb. So actually, let's talk about Jeff and Lester for a minute, because they're definitely like the the primary comedic relief in the show. And they'll be in there for the most part as a duo are... Uh, well integrated into the show um i i mean in fact i think they have like a lot of the times they have their own little side adventures which um i always enjoy them i never get irritated by their little side adventures but yeah i agree i mean and they're they're they have their little band jeffster i don't think i would have appreciated these characters as much if i had watched the show when it debuted but watching the show now at my age i appreciate these characters that don't really take themselves don't really take life way too seriously and are really just trying to enjoy every moment as much as they can because it's rough over here you gotta find enjoyment where you can (laughs) It is rough over here. I do, and I do think it's a testament to the actors that play them and getting that, like, vibe just right. Because there's a lot of, like, misogynist jokes that get written for them. But, the, but Jeff and Lester themselves just feel so harmless. And I think they... Which act, is hard. It's which, hard to right, do. Right? Which is very, very hard, I think, um, to come across. But, yeah. But Jeff and Lester seem so harmless that I don't mind it. Like, it's, I mean, obviously it's bad that, like, they're so misogynistic, but they're also just so harmless. And that all comes down to, I think, their comedic timing, their body language, um, and how they sort of interpret these jokes to, like, the women themselves. Um, I think that the worst they ever are is probably in the pilot episode when they're filming women's boobs. Yes, that was which was unnecessary. Right, that was like really bad. I remember watching rewatch when I was rewatching this. I was like, oh, that's not it. But like as the show goes on, like even when they come up with like weird ideas, like they ultimately they're just so goofy and harmless that um, and they get theirs that I I don't I don't particularly care. I don't mind. Uh, like there's. Like, there's, like, a casting couch situation, like, that they try to pull. But, um... Oh, yeah. But they're so... They're so mm -hmm. awkward about it. Yeah. They're very awkward. I mean, this was the 2007 uh, or early 2000s where we definitely played up these sort of, like, lovable nerd characters are annoying nerd characters, but always harmless nerd characters up a lot in media. Chuck was not the first and definitely not the last, but I do agree that Jeff and Lester 
are way more tolerable than a lot of their counterparts that I've seen on other shows. Right. I guess maybe because it's like, it's not malice. They're not malicious. And I think the way other nerd characters are malicious, like in the, yeah. in or the hostile. Way, yeah. In the way that like Xander Harris is like hostile. malicious. <laughs> And no, and Xander's always, always, always hostile. Like the way that he speaks is very passive aggressive, but there's a lot of hostility and belligerence behind what a lot of what he says. Right. Um, and, and that's what like, I'm saying. Ugh. The entitlement. Um, but I think season two of Chuck was really, really good. I think bringing back his ex-girlfriend from college is also a really cool move. I loved all the guest stars. Um, I'm going to give this season the same rating I gave season one. I think it's good. Um, I actually think it's better than the first season. Same. I think the, I think all the stuff in here, like I said, I think all the, the stuff with Bymore, I think it's all, it's all really funny and fun to me. Um, Matt Bomer comes back to like sort of rekindle a thing with Sarah and like, it doesn't work out cause she is like in love with Chuck basically, but she can't say it. Um, also shout out to Matt Bomer who, Really sold me that he was straight. Hollywood definitely likes to stereotype gay men, especially gay actors. It's very, like, um, effeminate and very, you know, whatever. Um, very feminine in some way. And there's a, there, I'm sure there's lots of other Matt Bombers out there. And being and having the skill of a Matt Bomber, like, in that way is hard. It's a hard thing to do. <laughs> like, it's, it's difficult. Whether you're gay or a straight actor, like, it's hard to like sell like a romantic chemistry when you're not feeling that at all because there are lots of like straight actors that I can talk about where they were supposed to be like in you know in in love on screen with somebody and there it's just there's nothing there so we say all this to say that Matt Bomer deserves the career that Army Hammer keeps demanding listen okay (laughs) so don't discriminate against gay actors uh for straight roles that's what i'm saying that's what i'm that's all that to say i'm saying because they can give they can give yeah that's season two and and that and it was a good time season two was a good time do you have any favorite episodes from season two i do uh chuck versus the seduction because julie cooper nickel um chuck versus the breakup Chuck versus the third dimension. Chuck versus Santa Claus. <laughs> That's a funny one. Um, and then Chuck versus the ring. Okay, for me, it would be Chuck versus the pink slip. Chuck versus the angel de la muerte. And Chuck versus the nacho sampler. <laughs> okay, I, I want to talk about these titles real quick. Honestly, even that alone, this just minor detail really shows that the writers know what direction they're going in and they're very committed to it. And there you have it. This is everything that we think made the first half of Chuck good, bad, basic, and so hilarious. If you'd like to check out the series, Chuck is currently streaming for free on Tubi. If you enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. If you're a patron on our Patreon, be sure to check out our Chuck playlist. Tune in next week as we give our feedback on the back half of this enjoyable spy comedy. You don't want to miss out on this conversation.
The Good, The Bad, The Basic is currently streaming on all major podcast platforms, so be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our weekly episodes debut. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron over on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.